You are now entering. I see, mate. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of chew bubble gum piled, you know that? Say it, sir! I'm leaving you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing? My name is Phoenix Cloudin. We have a very special uh, episode for you guys today. I am joined once again, returning to the show. I'm so excited to have Darren back with us. Darren. My man, welcome back. This is your <laughs> this is your third time, I think, on Film Code. Third time. So we had nope, we had the Fablemans, and now we have this. So yeah, nice. I'm, I'm man. Not I was bad. just thinking, yeah, I was just thinking like last week. I'm like, man, I wish I could have another conversation with Phoenix. And then you you messaged me on Twitter. I'm like, oh, there you it. go. Put it in. <laughs> put it in the air. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've I've been wanting to tell you this, but binge movies. Obviously, we're friends with Jason. They had right. a uh, Christmas party. That I made sure the key announced it and everything, and I made sure to show up for it. And so mm. it was it was great being welcomed into the binge movies family. But the <laughs> thing that Jason said that I thought was really funny he was he goes, I just want everybody to know that at this season of of binge movies, the greatest love story has been between Phoenix and Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so as always, it's it's just great talking with you. It's just. Oh, you're yeah. one of the I, I get nervous talking with people but you're not one of them just... oh that's cool yeah that's perfect all <laughs> right so uh we are talking the 2016 best picture winner green book starring Vigo mortensen and mahershala ali uh <laughs> this this is a movie that has been talked about <laughs> as one of you could argue i think at least in most people's top three worst best picture wins. Um, <laughs> I I am not in that camp. This is one of my favorite uh, best picture winners. So uh, it'll be interesting to talk about this movie more in depth. Um, yeah. So just real quick background for me, particularly, this was, this was the 2016, 2017. What, what year was this? I think it was 2016. Was it okay? Uh, so it was 2016 when it came out, but it was the 2017 Oscars. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that's how it went. Oh okay. no, 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 2018. Sorry, we're getting. That oh, right. it was 2018. Getting that wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. all right, perfect. So 2018. So this was two years after I'd started um, paying more uh, attention to the Oscars, um, and so we this. So 2016 had Moonlight. 2017 had The Shape of Water. And then this one was Green Book. And this was the same year with Roma, with um, A Star is Born, Black Panther, Black Klansman. Uh, pretty solid lineup. Pretty solid lineup. Uh, my personal choice that year would have been A Star is Born. That, that mm-hmm. was my favorite movie of the year. Um, but a lot of people had Roma, which completely understandable. It was a fantastic movie. But in the back of my mind, after I saw this movie, I was like, this feels like the kind of movie that I think they're going to go for. And yeah. 
And I was alone in that assessment. And then of course they won. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, ah, I, I felt a little bit of like, you know, redemption because I was like, I had predicted Moonlight having not seen any of the Best Picture winners. And then right. I predicted Green Book uh, after having seen all the Best Picture movies. And I was like, I'm really good at this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got, uh, I, I like that. Um, but <laughs> I saw, I saw Green Book. I really, really liked this movie. And I didn't realize that it had so much negativity surrounding it. At the time, it was only after the Oscars and everything where a lot of people brought up the the issues with the movie. Um, and I actually hadn't watched it since that year, since 2018. So getting a chance to dive back into it with all the you know issues around it and 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 what people say about it, I was like, let's see if I see what they see. Let's see if you know it's had any effect on my appreciation for the film. And and uh yeah, it hasn't. <laughs> I still love this movie. Uh but Darren, this was your first time watching Green Book. Uh you didn't have any of that uh going in. So what were you, what were your initial thoughts on it? Well, we were we were talking before we started recording. Again, it's the the I don't I don't get to see as many new movies as much as I'd like to. And especially right. with, I guess I'm kind of disillusioned because all the franchise stuff. So you have to really like, I'm just, I'm so glad that you invited me on the third time to not talk about a franchise movies. Cause I'm, I get so tired of yeah. picking those things, but <laughs> I, so I avoid kind of watching new movies just because I, I kind of feel like, you know, I've seen everything, like everything's mm. just a copy of a copy. And when green book, you know, it got some accolades and, you know, the acting and Mahershal Ali is, you know, he won for moonlight. So it's, and it's it's great that he won for this. It's like wow, yeah. what a good actor! Like he's impressing people. So, but I I tend to avoid even the ones that get nominated for best picture on top of winning best picture, just because you know everybody likes the Oscars. I'm I'm more of the idea that again, it's it's just old white people that are just <laughs> voting what they think is important, right, or what mm. they deem other people should think is important, or I don't know, just either to score points or make them feel better about themselves. So when Green Book won, you know, I'm I'm not against watching any movie but when it won for best picture part of me was like eh i can put that off a little bit i don't <laughs> i don't need to see a best picture winner because sometimes they're obvious sometimes they're not and i just have like what thirteen thousand movies i need to watch so I'm kind right. of right so you making me watch i was like obviously i sat down again i'm not against it and within like half an hour i was like this is fun i'm having a good time like this is a good movie like it wasn't a, it's this movie at no point is a chore I don't think there's anything it's it's an entertainment and yeah if you if you dig deep again I'm <laughs> I'm not the guy to go deep into release race relations and, and mm -hmm. I can't explain all that stuff but it, it's a feel-good movie and in a way that's good but in a way it's like it's a crowd-pleasing movie about racism it's like I don't I don't know <laughs> but you're right like uh, not that I predicted it but when Green Book and again it's like you know Driving Miss Daisy one you have all these other it just seemed like that's the movie that a, an old white academy member would look at and they it it makes them feel better about racism it doesn't really confront it so much as it makes them feel better about them and and they walk out of it going i understand racism and they, and they feel good about themselves and and i don't <laughs> i don't know if the movie was completely striving for that because you've got people like octavia spencer and quincy jones and you know mahershal ali ali obviously taking the role you've got people that are backing it that believe in it right and so mm -hmm. how am i to tell everybody what they should think of this movie it's just it's a crowd pleaser and it has good performances and i had a fun time watching it but there's also a level of bullshit that you don't want to oh, yeah. buy into <laughs> and so again it's a grain of salt movie it's like yeah i mean this is 
and we'll we can talk more about that stuff but i liked it i mean it's a it's a good solid movie it's a crowd pleaser and i understand not just the old white academy member oh this is gonna this is gonna be good to vote because it'll score us points kind of thing but also it's just a good you walk out of it you know feeling like you've watched a good show so yeah anyway. Uh, also in that year, so you had A Star is Born, Roma, Black Klansman, Green Book. You also had The Favorite, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Vice. Um, uh, having seen Wait, all of these. Bohemian Rhapsody was not it, in for... Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> having, having seen all of these, Vice and Bohemian Rhapsody were the two that was like, these shouldn't be here. Uh, <laughs> They they absolutely shouldn't be here. So I I'm I'm fairly confident they didn't get many votes. Um, <laughs> but the other six uh were some of my favorite movies of the year. Um, like I really really thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, personally, like I said, A Star Is Born would have been my my vote. Uh, I I would have placed Green Book actually fourth, uh, in this lineup because Roma was amazing, Black Klansman was amazing. So those those were my top three, um, that year. But what you said about the Academy and what they feel like, I feel like that sentiment was, has been wholly felt uh, since I've been paying attention to the Oscars from 2016 on. Um, because you get a movie like Moonlight and in that lineup, uh, it was the best film. Yeah. Hands down, it was the best film. But, you know, they that was the year of the mix-up where they announced La La Land and, you know what I'm saying? And right. a lot of people probably, like, I think, smartly predicted that La La Land would win all the Oscars because, you know, it's a movie set in Los Angeles, you know, it's about the, the industry, it's all the things that these these guys love, uh, you know, and all white cast, you know, just hitting all the hitting all the notes. And then you had this movie Moonlight, which was a gorgeous, incredible, beautiful film uh, about, you know, starring all black people and about this uh, community that no people, nobody really knows anything about. And so the beautiful thing about that was you actually had the best film winning best picture. And that rarely happens that it was 2016 and it was 2019 when Parasite did it. <laughs> like. So like those are the only times where you had almost unanimous consent from everyone that the best film actually won best picture, or you could argue even last year with everything everywhere all at once. Right. Um, well, when I when I say this, I don't mean that the I don't I don't mean to demean Moonlight because I think Moonlight is like you said is a gorgeous, beautiful, heartfelt movie that's saying something. Right. Mm -hmm. Occasionally they get it right. They have occasionally. To. Yes. Out of all these decades, they have to get it right at least. And again, I'm reminded of Silence of the Lambs in that one. First of all, mm -hmm. that was in February, so it wasn't even released anywhere near Oscar contention. <laughs> wow. And Silence of the Lambs is a good, solid movie that's saying something, but it's not the type of what's surprising is that's not the movie that's you think was going to win best picture a movie about a serial killer that eats people's faces off it's not right. like but it's a quality movie until so that surprise I, I don't want to demean the oscars by saying they never get it right i don't mean to demean moonlight because like i said it's great parasite mm -hmm. is a fantastic movie so like i said every every once in a while they do get it right but on the whole it's yeah. you can predict what's <laughs> going to win it's not necessarily about what the best movie is it's about what the best movie i don't know how i want to the best movie that's saying something that year that's capturing the zeitgeist that year mm -hmm. trying to make it that's really what the oscars are but it's it's good when a, a moonlight or silence of the lambs kind of breaks through yeah 
and to me, this was one of those. This is one of those years where I really liked the movie that won. But yeah, you could argue biases (laughs) crept into this one. And your description of, you know, a feel-good movie about racism. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's very apt. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, even as I was watching it again, um, the thing that stood out to me the most in this second viewing was that was really the acting. Um, Mahershala Ali, obviously he won for uh, his role in this. He's so good. And like having seen him in Moonlight, which he also won for, it's a totally different character. You know what I'm saying? And and that's that's unique that he's pretty much the same guy playing these two very different characters. You know, Juan, who's a drug dealer, and Dr. Don Shirley, who's, you know, this venerated, celebrated musician. And he plays Don Shirley, who's very elitist. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He's a very elitist character. Uh, guy um but he's also a very lonely guy and yeah. and he's trapped in that loneliness and i think he plays both sides of that incredibly well like to me it was a no-brainer he he was easily the best performance of that year um so but yeah to me that's what came across a lot more was the acting in in the movie where i was like i was really blown away by both Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen in this and i was like you know, Vigo had a much harder road in lead actor, but um, I felt that they were both really deserving and they really carried this movie. And yeah, the comparisons to Driving Miss Daisy obviously are there because um, it's very kind of similar to that. It is a very much like make white people feel good about racism <laughs> <laughs> yep. type, type of story. Yeah. Um, you know, because the idea is that we can be friends, right? Obviously you know black and white people can be friends we can get along and it's always great to have a story like that in a time when there was so much uh overt uh racial tension yeah so i get the idea and like me personally as someone who's very much like i i can't even believe racism was a thing (laughs) So, like, to me, like, seeing a movie about that time period and about these two guys who formed a great friendship, to me, that that is heartfelt. You know what I'm saying? That that does pull at your heartstrings. That is something that you want to celebrate is the fact that at this moment in time when it was so polarizing, we had this friendship and we had genuine connection. And I feel like, yeah maybe you do want to talk about the harsh realities of of that time period and you do want to do you do want to find the more hard-hitting stories about that time and and the and dive more deeply into the polarizing nature of it but sometimes you find a really great story where it's it's a beautiful love like not really I won't say love story but like it's a beautiful friendship yeah. and that should be celebrated too so to me like the acting coming across stronger on the second viewing and the the feeling of finding joy in this period of time of of polarization i think is a, is a is exactly the kind of story that you want to to celebrate and venerate so i kind of understand and to me like that's why i was like oh i think this is going to win 
because it's that kind of story. Um, and 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 I completely understand it. And like I said, in the second viewing, that really came across. Yeah, I mean, if you're like Black Klansman and Black Panther, I think hit a little bit harder as far as themes oh, and yeah. they're not. They you they make you work for it. They make you work for your entertainment. This uh, so basically this movie, what I equate it to is it's like a romantic comedy. There's nothing like right. groundbreaking and you can predict scenes. You can predict where, where Dr. Shirley, oh, this is the part where he's going to drive, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, you can predict all those things and check off boxes. But the thing that's universal about this movie is that friendship. It doesn't matter what color they are. You know, you could, that sounds bad, but you you can <laughs> apply it to any anything like romantic comedy or, or a, a buddy comedy kind of where right. they, they meet in the middle and they they overcome their prejudices and they, they like each other and they and it's it is all about the act like in a romantic comedy you need to have chemistry between those stars otherwise mm -hmm. romantic comedies are the most probably the most predictable <laughs> yes. movies but and so but what i do is especially with uh, the the Clooney um roberts movie ticket to paradise they're charming so i don't really care that the movie around them is so predictable because i'm not there to see the story i'm there to see their chemistry right mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with ali and, and morton who are incredible and and just the they make characters and they're very solid and they make choices and every character choices it builds I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense but they're just very strong characters and they embody that and their chemistry is amazing and so just that you, you take the the race out of it you take the gender out of it it's the same concept of two people that are bonding and getting over themselves to be able yeah. to see each other for who they are that's universal right yeah and yeah it plays against the the 60s if i, I had a list i was like making things like do the right thing or, or get out or hate <laughs> right. give or fruitville station or yeah. crying out loud 12 years a slave <laughs> racism is so ugly that you don't want to Academy voters wouldn't want to vote for an ugly movie out of it. They want to celebrate some things. And, and even though those other movies that I mentioned, like Do the Right Thing came out the same year that my favorite movie, Fill the Dreams, came out. But mm -hmm. I think Do the Right Thing is a more important movie than Fill the Dreams, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. because of what it's saying. And it says it in a way that's never like cloying, but it's always hard hitting. This is, Green Book is the complete opposite of that. It's it's designed to make you feel good. And yeah, it has all the racism stuff. And I wrote down and I was like, you know, by the time like the, the cops pulled them over and put them in jail, I was like groaning. I was like, come on, man. Like, why, <laughs> why is all this going on? Why, why does this exist? Why is this, you know, just because you, you look different. I, I again, I, I don't want to expound on that's not my place, but it's like, right. I, I like you, I just don't get it. I was like, why, mm. why are you pulling? There's no reason to pull them over. Like they weren't doing it. And it's the same thing all through the movie. And you, it, it really hits you that way. And so it just, the friendship plays against the backdrop of that stuff and right i don't know i was just thinking like all the the backlash for it i'm like there is it's well-meaning the movie means well it's not right. going out of its way to be offensive i just think that if you're going to throw a fit about a movie getting race wrong there are be not better but worse movies to pick on <laughs> that are more offensive i i don't know i i, I just think this is a good crowd please you want a crowd pleaser and that, that's yeah. what this is and and you're you're 100 right about the predictability oh my god not only does it <laughs> not only does it check the boxes of like your standard romantic comedy it checks the boxes of your standard buddy road trip movie yeah. uh you know what I'm saying standard uh movie about race <laughs> like it checks all of those boxes i think more egregiously what, what a lot of people were mad at is it checks every oscar bait box as well <laughs> like, like like purely it has every oscar bait uh box check 
So like, I think what what angered people so is that it was such a standard movie, and it was about such a hard hitting topic, and it was taken so lightly, and, and especially because it was looked at from an opposite perspective, uh, and I'm like. To me, those are all the things that I like about the movie. <laughs> I'm like, I like that we are we we do look at uh racism from the opposite perspective. Um uh, and and yeah, it is going to be lighter because they don't really, you know what I'm saying, even in that time period, they didn't understand the psychological damage that that period was causing an entire group of people many of them still don't you know what i'm saying and but the idea is you have to look at at this period from everybody's perspective even the ones that you don't agree with even the ones that don't share the same viewpoint on it that that you might um so to me while i would say that it's not the strongest movie talking about racism absolutely not um i do think looking at it from that perspective was a vital uh element to to continuing that story on uh to continuing that discussion on race and, and racism in in our past so for me this 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 works this this completely works and because that chemistry between Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen is so strong and they have so many great scenes together that carries past all of the 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 standardized checkboxing that the movie does yeah yeah it's it's i I don't think that the movie is trying to be hard-hitting it's not trying to be do the right (laughs) things it's not it's there as a backdrop for this story about people that are getting over themselves and meeting in the middle right and so as a checkbox movie you you could be different like maybe people didn't like the chemistry between ali and i don't know i i thought their chemistry was just fantastic i bought them as as friends and i bought the kind of burgeoning you know platonic love for each other they have right and the respect (laughs) that they have um i love the the uh the letter writing uh, another checkbox thing and as soon as he starts writing the letter i was like (laughs) oh he's gonna start getting better at writing and and you Mm -hmm. can tell that that he does Mm -hmm. um but that's charming i I love the part when they're they're finally living they're not living they're they're staying in the same room together at the motel Mm -hmm. right and he's writing the letter and and uh doctor he goes well let me let me look at your uh let me look at your uh, letter and and tony's like no i got it i'm getting it so (laughs) And so he starts and I was watching it with my wife and he's, you know, you, you're, you remind me of a house and my <laughs> wife groaned and she's like, Oh no. But then he's like, but then he goes, he keeps reading. And it's like, you got tall structures where everybody inside is happy. And my wife goes, Oh, that's better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, that's a charming scene. And, and mm-hmm. you can just tell that Dr. Shirley is just charmed by him. And like, yeah, that, that'll work. Like, I don't have to teach. Like you, you got it as much as you can get it. Like you're, you're, you know, we're, we're getting to each other. So it's, it's full of those, crowd-pleasing moments and that's you know you want to watch this <laughs> this is the kind of movie you want to watch with an audience and kind of enjoy this is not the kind of hard-hitting um i don't know does that make sense what i'm saying oh, yeah absolutely it, it, entirely and uh you, you you hit you hit it right out of the park i mean this was written i mean i don't know if it was written by him as well uh but it was directed yeah it was written it was written and directed by Peter Farrelly, who is, uh, you know, uh, I think he's the what he does the Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, he did yeah. Dumb and Dumber. 
you know, so this is this is a guy who mostly <laughs> does comedy. He did There's Something right. About Mary. Like, that guy taking on this story, you know. There's something, like, when I was watching, I was like, I don't think the guy that directed There's Something About Mary should be nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> like, yeah. this is, why is he directing a Best Picture nominee? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. And, and I mean, like, but at the same time, this is why I respect it, right? Because mm-hmm. when I was growing up, I, you you remember you remember when you were growing up and they asked you like what do you want to be when you get older right mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure nobody said podcaster but, <laughs> but I don't even think that was a thing Phoenix. right you know what I'm saying <laughs> but what did we say we said astronaut we said movie star we said rock rock artist you know what I'm saying we said all of those crazy things and to me I was like you know what why can't I be all of them why can't I be a rock star who's a movie star who does professional wrestling on the side yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah. like all of that so to me seeing a guy who tre- who went from some of the most raunchy comedies ever i'm I, i'm thinking about there's something about mary and there's a great scene with the hair you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if you know it you know it all right and i'm like i'm thinking about that guy transitioning from that to this warm heartfelt story about friendship during a racial time and i'm like yeah man do, do both you know what i'm saying do yeah. both and 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 you know and you could argue you're a success at both so why not you know what i'm saying and i can't wait for there's something about mary too you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? well there's something to be said like 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 it's it's funny that the guy that directed that a movie with that scene in it they were talking about again gets has is in the running for best pictures that kind of thing but there's nothing against like being better and 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 uh you know growing and becoming a better filmmaker i i just know right. that reading like the back the like the behind the scenes stuff like the part where tony folds the entire pizza <laughs> in half like that was based on the actual thing right like tony lip really right. did that in real life and but fairly was like unsure of it but then they they practiced it on set and it got such a laugh and that behind the scenes story is like so you still have your comedy, like your comedy right. chops. You still want to go for that laugh. And it's a, like I said, it's an easy movie on the eyes and the ears and the heart. It's There's nothing really challenging about Green Book. And so that's fine. But you're talking about doing both. I mean, look at Steven Spielberg, right? I mean, he directed like blockbusters, <laughs> right. Duel and Jaws and E.T., movies that aren't best picture when you're looking at it. Right. But then he does Schindler's List and you're like, whoa, like I knew you were good, but like I didn't know you were good. And since then he's done some really solid not just blockbuster stuff so there's obviously there's a difference between Fairley and Spielberg but you know what I'm saying right, it's like right. there's always a trajectory you can always do better and you know teach a an old dog new tricks or a new dog old, old tricks that yeah. kind of thing it's like you can grow there's nothing against that it's just it's funny hearing that what this guy got this directed guy. a movie <laughs> <laughs> and, so. I mean, too, like I I do want to address some of the criticisms because I do think some of them are valid um you know oh, they're probably all valid <laughs> yeah absolutely uh like the movie itself you know it's called green book and we only see the green book once and i think it's only addressed maybe one other time after that um i so, can think of maybe three times to- like the first time he's introduced to it put in his hand mm-hmm. and then later he's looking at it mm-hmm. and then there's a part at the end when they're like well why don't he, he says to dr shirley why don't we stop somewhere and shirley says i don't want to go any place that i'm not welcome right Mm -hmm. and so he reaches for the green book and that's where they end up staying at the same hotel so i think it only really makes a a real appearance maybe three times right so like 
and I noticed this was something that that people brought up was that you know the green book was a vital you know what I'm saying very 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 important um aspect of black life at that time and they just genuinely felt like if you're gonna name the movie green book at least make it about that green book but I'm like again that's a totally different movie like you could you couldn't make that movie and that would be a definitely more hard-hitting probably emotionally gripping film that isn't this one (laughs) yeah you know what I'm saying um but I I understand that that criticism is like you know maybe um the other criticism is that the movie was written by I think Tony's uh, Nick Nick Valawanga I think it was I think it's his son um yeah so there's there's a little bit of bias there they feel like their argument was that there's some bias there because you know obviously both Peter Farrelly and Nick Valalonga they're both white Nick is basically you know going off of obviously the story his father told him so there's some uh some things that are embellished some things that are not that weren't there yada yada according to the family of Dr. Don Shirley you know some things are misrepresented and I and I'm like you know that's that's fine and this is this is the argument I always make in stories like this when you deal with uh uh historical uh people or events um if you want the truth watch a documentary yeah absolutely that's <laughs> what like, I say yeah. yeah like if if you want the truth watch a documentary this is a movie this is a movie certain events may have changed it is based on a true story but it is not a true story you know what I'm saying like. That's why they call them fiction. So like, like for me, I don't care if if it's not 100% accurate because it's a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I don't care if they never stayed in the same hotel that entire trip. It doesn't matter to me. For this movie, that's what has to happen. So like, yeah, certain things may be different. I don't care if he never caught him at a at a gay brothel or whatever. That doesn't matter. This is a movie. It, it, we're supposed to create tension. We're supposed to create different yeah. ideas, stuff like that. So to me, that argument has always bothered me in every movie, especially movies about racism and, and stories of the past. They all It's a constant criticism that, you know, this isn't accurate. This isn't how it will happen, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, unless we were there and we had cameras to film it, we don't know exactly what happened. So yeah. we have to make we have to make our own stories. And yeah. that that's it. If you want to learn the truth, watch a documentary, read some books. Great. I hope I hope movies like this encourage you to read more books and watch more documentaries. <laughs> yeah. That would be fantastic. But yeah. as far as being 100 percent accurate, I don't believe it's ever necessary. Well, when you say stuff like that. Well, first of all, I mean, this is from the perspective of like white people, like the white, it's Mm -hmm. the white person's perspective of what racism is. So there's Mm -hmm. always going to be a disconnect. Like, yeah, we can look at it like, you know, movies like, you know, Glory, which is great. But like when you when you tell a movie about the black perspective from the white perspective, something (laughs) gets lost in the translation. I don't know. So I always watch movies like that where it's like, yeah, this like I said, the bullshit level. It's like, yeah, there's only so much that we can, that I as a white person, half, half white person can understand, mm. right? But like like you said, 
I say that all the time too. It's like, and you know, some documentaries kind of lean towards one way. It's like, right. watch that, read a book, like read, like read an article, stuff like that. If this, I think what a, a, a biopic is supposed to do, don't take it as gospel. gospel Whenever, right. Never do that. <laughs> never do that. Right. right. Uh, so always, yeah, watch it as a movie and as an entertainment. But when you're done, like don't go around saying, oh yeah, this is how it happened without reading an article or reading an actual statement from dr shirley himself you know like go and, and find for yourself what all this means and then make the decision but so i, I said two things the three things that you, when you say about like truth versus fiction right i think number one i think my favorite biopic is amadeus mm. and that gets nothing right <laughs> the main concept <laughs> of the story is absolutely false they <laughs> Salieri and amadeus never had that that mm. friction and that that uh, conflict but as a movie it's a great comp as a movie right right and right. you have the, the sound and the music that just makes it so sumptuous i also think of apollo 13 where you know the part mm. where the um a swigert stirs the tanks and, and everything goes to hell and right. then you know it gets to tom and goes, houston we have a problem and it's all dramatic but when you compare that to the actual recordings <laughs> of the people on the the uh, apollo 13 upon that, mm. that ship or whatever it's completely dry and completely right. like scientific, but, and as drama, that wouldn't work. Like exactly. what, what's going on up there. He's not Houston. We have a problem. You know, it's not, that doesn't make for a good movie. <laughs> and then I hate doing this, but defending Bohemian Rhapsody, even a little bit, oh. I know people like just railed against how fake and how, you know, they never had the conflict where they broke up and all this stuff. Right, it's like right. number one, Bohemian Rhapsody is it hits. That's the, maybe the ultimate, box ticker movie as far as biopics go yeah. <laughs> so to me it's not i just like it i like it because of the queen music i love listening yeah. to the queen music but as a biopic there's it's got to be one of the worst as far as the factual <laughs> stuff but oh, even man. i'm like well you have to do that for drama like why if they never have any conflict like you don't have a movie it's like yeah right. that's that's what you watch a documentary for it's to get involved in the situation but there's the, it's the innate drama of the actual situation instead of just trying to fictionalize stuff so yeah i absolutely <laughs> I, I the factual stuff like i said they're well-meaning and they mm -hmm. did do all the research it's funny hearing fairly say that he didn't know that some of uh, shirley's family was still alive it's like so you didn't like do the do the, the complete due research. diligence yeah yeah so yeah eh, uh, i don't know yeah. about that but as a movie like like I'm, i've said and we'll probably say again it works as the romantic comedy kind of yeah. box ticker so you know, well meaning as it is, I I have to take all that. You please, anybody listening to this, if you're watching a biopic, don't take it as gospel because that's not what you're signing up for. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and and yeah, like if Don Shirley's family is like upset, like I get that. You know what I'm saying? Um, you you do want to try and and at least involve them and and make sure that you have at least close to factual information. You may even be like, hey, we're going to change this up here and there just so, because it works better as a movie, but you got to let them in on that. You know what I'm saying? So in terms of like directors doing their due diligence, probably not. He probably <laughs> needed more seasoning on that. So yeah. that that 100%, I get it, fair criticism, no, no question. But it doesn't change the movie for me. Like, yeah. For me, I'm still like the story that is told here, the way that it's done is so really, really, really good. 
it like and we didn't even talk we haven't talked about the technical aspects of this movie um speaking of you know peter Farrelly as a director i mean the cinematography in here is insane it, it's mm-hmm. like i especially when i think about that lineup right is it nearly as good as as a star is born no <laughs> is it nearly as yeah. good as the favorite no <laughs> it's it's it, it's not nearly as good as uh aroma absolutely not no but it is really really good for the story that it's it's telling for what and it is yeah for what it is and i'm like and i'm so impressed with it because of that like it doesn't it's not looking to be the best cinematography of the year no absolutely not but in the, its movie in its setting Oh, it works. It works very, very well. Um, the editing, you you can't get better editing than this. <laughs> like I'm like, as far as this movie is concerned and the beats that it hits, it it is smooth sailing all the way through. Like when I went to rewatch it and I saw it was like two hours and like 21 minutes, I was like, this movie's that long? I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I genuinely, genuinely thought it was a 90-minute movie. <laughs> like, like I was like, because I'm like. I know all the beats. Maybe it's because I, the beats are so predictable. I'm like, oh, this breezes through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I saw it was an over two hour movie, I was like, get out of here. What is that? Credits? No. <laughs> like, like, I was like, yeah, because the editing is so smooth in this movie. It it, it works so incredibly well. Uh, costume design, like matching a, a specific time period, is incredibly difficult matching that time period with someone who existed and you have to get their look, you know what I'm saying, down. There's a great shot at the end of the movie where they show the real Tony and the real Dr. Don Shirley and you mm-hmm. see like the outfits that they had and trying to like recapture those looks. I thought they did an exceptional job. And yeah, man, it, it for what it is, every aspect of this movie, I, I feel was done to perfection. For, for what it is, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, for what it is. That's the thing that I don't... I think people kind of push back. <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but the Super Mario Brother movie that's out now, <laughs> it's like, it is what it is. And to right. spend more than 100 words descri- talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> is like, why... Like, it is what it is, and it accomplishes what it means to accomplish. Kids like it. It's not an embarrassment. I'm done. I'm done talking right. about it. That's that's right. all I need to say. And I don't understand why people are so can, like so adamant about like pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. It's like just why are attack a movie that that doesn't accomplish what it needs to accomplish. Right. right? Attack a movie that is like that goes out of its way to be offensive. Like why why are we having arguments? Why are we still talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie even though it's been out <laughs> for two weeks? Like enough. Like there's no reason to die. <laughs> And this, you know, Green Book is weird. Again, it's it's a it's a grain of salt movie. That's how I describe it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a perfect like three star movie because it, it does what it needs to do. It makes you feel good. It doesn't strive to be more. It just it it, it does what you expect it to do and needed to do. And the the period setting, I don't know how hard it is to get. You've got to get all the cars and all the buildings. And you've got to make sure everything's right. You got to get the make sure the language is anachronistic and all this stuff. But I. I never doubted a second during this movie that I wasn't in 1962 or 1963. I felt like that's where I was because of, I think everybody just sold their characters and, and the cars they were driving and the places they were and the clothes that they were wearing. I, I, 
it's it's that's beyond reproach, right? I don't think right. it gets anything wrong as far as that goes. Yeah. And I mean, and like we said, when you're doing what you set out to do, right? And you you accomplish that, yeah. that's really all you can ask for. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? And like and this is definitely one of those years. So like I said, this was the second or third year, I guess where I was uh, paying attention to the Oscars and, mm-hmm. you know, some people, sometimes people get wrapped up in that, in that whole, uh, you know, c- competitive uh, conversation. And, and I get it, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm definitely a victim of it. I was definitely a victim of it this past year because I was railing against uh, everything everywhere all at once, even though I love that movie. <laughs> but like, I think that, that, conversation has a tendency to distort the reality around that film you know and and oftentimes this this is why i'm really happy that we we talked about this movie is because it's great to get uh past those years past that year when it was all the conversation and you can just get back to the movie itself and just be like okay how do i see this movie now outside of the the competition aspect of it all and what is it about and how do, how is it accomplished is it done well and when you look at it you go this is done extraordinarily well like in terms like i said we said the acting the editing the 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 set design all of that is so incredibly well done you can't really be mad at the fact that they achieved what they set out to achieve like in terms of you know if somebody came to me today was like here's the script here's what i want here's what time period it's set in and and i deliver on all of those i go yeah well you know (laughs) like like two thumbs up man that's that's what you that's what you want and I know like all the dirtiness of of like some stuff makes people uncomfortable particularly about who who's telling this story but I like I was said in the beginning I think it is vital it is definitely vital and important to hear other perspectives on this situation cuz because it's 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 a good way of knowing where where they are in that conversation and how far they need to come and and exactly where we can meet at the at the same line which is exactly what this movie is about so right so let me ask you I wanted to ask you a question because you when when you said uh, are you busy this Saturday and I was like oh great like I'm I'm gonna have to go out and see like aim what came out this week that, that, so I'm gonna have to go see it so that was the thing I was worried about <clears throat> but when you said Green Book I was like oh great I'll, I've never been against watching that movie I'll go home and watch that but my question for you is is that is that why you chose it for, for this week's movie because you're we removed from the controversy or was there another reason to, to talk about Green Book this week? definitely being removed from uh the competition of it was was definitely a big reason um it's also because i hadn't seen it since then and and i was like you know i really need to because i defend this movie hardcore like i'm the one sole person on film twitter who's like leave green book alone you know (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like you know what let me revisit this and see if i'm if i still share share those sentiments or if or even if i agree with the criticisms and like as i was watching it again 
I was, I had those criticisms in my mind and I was like, you know, I was like, I see, I totally see the criticisms. I get it. But I'm like, it doesn't shake any, in any way, shape or form how I feel about this movie because it is such a warm, lighthearted, easygoing film. It about a difficult subject uh, in a difficult time, yes. But the fact that they went that route is such a rare voice in those types of stories, you know. And and I don't and I don't really get the 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 issue because like yeah, we had Black Panther, we had Black Klansmen that year, which are definitely more hard hitting in terms of the themes. But it's not like the Oscars haven't gone for hard hitting thing you know, movies about racism, 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture, you know what I'm saying? Like three, four years ago, I mean, three, four years before then, you know what I'm saying? So there's, yeah, and Moonlight (laughs) won two two years prior, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not like they're 100% against telling hard, you know, telling hardcore stories from this perspective. But in this year, you had this rare, like incredibly rare story of of telling racism from this other side from this other perspective while it may not have been a you know worldly perspective and it may not have been uh one that you particularly agree with i do think that it was a vital vital storytelling um uh moment and we should have more more movies like it cuz i think it, i think that would be tremendously effective Okay. Yeah, that's great. So I've got a confession to make. Like I, mm. I mentioned 12 Years of Slave before and I'm so like Oscar averse that I, <laughs> I'm surprised. Like, I Yeah, that did. So that one best picture, I didn't even know. Yeah. That. Yeah. But I, looking at 12, that's another one that they got right. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. like looking at 12 Years of Slave, I'd be like, oh, that's not good. People aren't going to like that. Like it's, you know what <laughs> I mean? But it's like I said, it's a good, it's a great movie. It sings. Oh yeah. It's so hard to watch. It's like a horror movie. And so again, mm-hmm. it's surprising that that one but good on you oscars way to go yeah. Academy. I'm glad you're able to... but it's you're going back to the i'm a big proponent of that like i have so little time to sit down and watch movies that i've got to find a, a way to work i can't be negative about these things. it's kind of like why i don't watch the marvel movies anymore because mm. i'm so tired of nitpicking them i'm like i don't want to mm. sit down and just nitpick them that's all i do it's not fun <laughs> for me anymore. It, it, you know, but as long as a movie so when I watch a movie, like I, the attitude that I have, and it's never let me down. The, o- the only way that it will let me down is if it's a, that's how I know it's a bad movie. Like if you sit down and you watch, this is a comedy at the end. Did it make me laugh? Yeah. Right. It did its job. I, I I didn't waste my time. Is right. this a horror movie? Yeah. Did it scare me? Yeah. Okay. It did its job. Like, is, <laughs> is it a drama? Did it involve me? Did it get me emotional? Yeah. I mean, it's, if it does that, that very base level, even something like, you know johnny on our show he, he we talk about like dwayne johnson and he always asks like movies of like why do you like that I, and I, I always bring up like tooth fairy I, I enjoyed tooth fairy because there's a scene where he's talking with billy crystal and just there's a comedy thing where the rock is a great like reactor to comedy and mm-hmm. i think that sells it so i enjoyed tooth fairy for that it's like yeah <laughs> I, I got something out of it as long as a movie accomplishes what that base level thing and yeah if it does more then great mm-hmm. if it does less then that's when i'm like this is terrible like this right. did, this did not 
So <laughs> that's how I approach movies. I, I can't go into these things knowing that I'm going to hate them. And I did that with this one and I hated myself for it because <laughs> all I knew of it was Twitter, what Twitter said, mm. right? That's all I knew. And it's funny when you think, what does everybody think about? It? And the people that are the most angry are white people. <laughs> it, it's weird that it's like, like when people complain about like Chinese stuff and how Chinese stuff is offensive and stuff like that. I'm like, mm. but it's a white person complaining about, I'm like, I'm half Chinese. It doesn't offend me. Why are you taking, right. you're a white person. Like you're, you, <laughs> you're, you don't face that kind of stuff. Like, why are you taking the stand? It's, it's just funny to me that people that aren't as involved are the ones that have the loudest, louder voices trying to like uh, overtake the conversation so watching this movie i went in thinking oh i'm gonna this is this movie is gonna be terrible and then like halfway through i was laughing at all the right moments like like i said it was charming and it, it won me over my wife who wasn't watching watching it but was in the room like every time she would sit down and would plan her phone or whatever she would laugh at the appropriate so even if you're not watching the dialogue gets the appropriate stuff across it's this movie is, yeah, it's got the racism as a backdrop, it seems like. And again, I, I don't mean to sound insensitive when I say something like this, but it's got it as a backdrop. But the heart of the movie, again, is about these people that are from two different worlds that meet in the middle and that change over the course of their journey. And so they're, they're a little more like each other. They can see each other better. That's the point of the movie, right? And that is what it accomplishes, but again, I don't know if it's because I just thought the chemistry between Mortensen and Ali was so good that it sold it for me. If somebody else could look at it and think, oh, I didn't like them at all. And maybe the movie doesn't work for them because of that. But at the end of it, I just felt like, yeah, this is a journey about people that see each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a universal theme. And uh, I don't know. That's that's something that seems to be overlooked when people talk about this movie. I, I don't. This movie isn't trying to be 12 Years a Slave, guys. Right. And I know not every movie has to. The heart of the movie is that friendship, and I think it succeeds on that level. Absolutely. And I would be remiss if I did not bring up Chris Bowers, who was the composer for this movie and played Mahershala Ali's hands (laughs) anytime he touched the piano. Um, uh, Fantastic job. Chris Bowers is becoming one of my favorite composers uh, slowly and surely. the movie Chevalier, which I don't know if it's come out yet, uh, I got a chance to see it at the uh, at the uh, film festival down here, and uh-huh. um, amazing, amazing uh, composition on that movie. Yeah. Dude, dude's really, really good. So uh, he was fantastic here. Um, that one, I think he might be even a, a smidge better. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Shout out Chris Browers, uh, just in- incredible talent. Um, hope you you get some more recognition and some more work, uh, yeah. in the future. But yeah. I also liked the uh, the first note I had that I wrote down was Linda Cardellini is in this. I didn't <laughs> Linda, know Linda Cardellini, Cardellini. and yes. like my uh, I've had a crush on her for I don't know how oh, long. So it, beautiful. It weirds me out in the Scooby Doo movies. Like in the cartoon, Daphne <laughs> was the attractive one, right? Right, right. And it's, it's weird in Scooby Doo that I'm like, oh, Velma's kind of doing it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so strange. So she's just, but she's not just a pretty face. I think she gets right. the attitude right. The way that she plays, uh, crowd, I can't remember what what is her uh, Dolores, right? Dolores, yes. She plays the the linda cardellini role i mean she's the the person that can see through the bullshit she Mm -hmm. knows her husband she knows that he's but she lets him be who he is right i love that she's obviously she's 
what I what I loved about her character, she's touched by the letters. It, they're getting to her. But I loved at the end when they welcome. And again, that's the thing. It's like, of course, he's going to come in for Christmas dinner. Like they, they have to do that. Right? right. And when she hugs him and she, she says, thank you for helping with the letters. I was like, what a smartly written character. I love characters like that. So she, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like that she she played that role, the typical role. And I like that she's in a best picture winner. And so, uh, you know, a shout out to her as well. I think she was just a great kind of support. absolutely and fantastic and i hope she's in more stuff because she's she's amazing and she actually is in the marvel cinematic yeah yes she is and she she elevates when she says she brings great stuff yeah she says the hawkeye i totally support your avenging i'm like that's great that's a great line for her but also you're right about the chris bowers just bring it back to that this movie has a musical identity and i love the sounds of it like and just listening to the, the artistry of the music and not just when Dr. Shirley plays, but when they go into the club at the end that he just mm-hmm. doesn't really lower himself, but he becomes part of the vibe. Like he can do that. And so right. uh, just, just the music was just great. I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. And the comedy works, man. Like I, I'm thinking of certain lines now where, you know, when uh, Dolores is reading a letter to her friends and one of her, <laughs> friend, one of her friends goes, I want a letter to her husband. And he's like, <laughs> like yeah whenever you make a meal you can meal. Get, like, <laughs> like you know, great stuff great stuff and like yeah. at the end when like um when when tony fires a gun in the air because he knows that somebody's after after don Shirley, yep. and don's like i knew you had a gun, had a gun. <laughs> like, like great yeah. stuff it's great great stuff and like when it does go hard hitting like there's a particular moment when um dr don Shirley when the car breaks down or something and he realizes that he's not too far from a uh, cotton picking field, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he sees that. And it's like he has to uh, reconcile with the fact that his life is very different from these people's lives and that he can't connect to them because of that. But he feels guilt also because of it. And that that, that to me is a great moment that's that is i don't know if it's written in the script but the way that it's 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 written without words you know what i'm saying is it's one of those show me don't tell me kind of moments that i think is done extreme extraordinarily well so while it's not you know the most hard-hitting uh about this time period it still has moments where you're like i see i see the heaviness that this plagues on one person the part that really, and you're, it, it's another box ticking moment. The, the right. part after they get out of prison, it's the, again, the crowd pleasing thing where those stupid idiot racist cops or whatever, <laughs> they, you know, they get put in their place. And I yelled at the screen. I'm like, make that guy, let him out of the cell. Make him <laughs> let him out. Right. I mean, and that's a crowd pleasing moment. But when they go out and they're arguing and, and Dr. Shirley's like upset because it's like, now he sees me as, you know, Kennedy sees me as garbage. Right? right. It's like, and they have that argument about meritocracy where mm-hmm. and again, it's a, it's a, you have to have that in here and it's another box, to, but it, they play it so well. I love that he gets out and he's like, you know, it's not about like social class, it's about talent. Like, and so we're, we're from the same worlds, but different worlds and they, they're yelling at each other and Tony sees it and he puts his hand on his shoulder and they have that moment where they, again, they see each other and it's, they mm-hmm. need to have, I say it's a box ticking moment, but you need to have that so they're able to get that hard hitting moment so they can get over themselves and actually see each other instead of, you know, pussyfooting around the topic. You know what I mean? You you have to have that in there. And I think because 
Ali's acting is so good and Mortensen's reaction is so good. It that movie that that moment in the movie sells what it's trying to say. And yeah. but I'm I'm glad that it was in here, even though it was something that I did predict would happen. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So I mean, that scene alone is is literally Oscar Bait checkpoint. It's yeah. it's is the 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 vehicle the MacGuffin that we're using to travel around. We have to get out of it now, and it's <laughs> raining. Oh, yeah. and then we got to have this very emotional yeah. conversation. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. it's very Oscar Oscar checklist. After we've been in prison, yes. after we've been in prison, of course, all of this. You know, and and then we get to the heart, the meat of 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 our differences right then and there. Like, yeah, obviously, it's all like yeah, standard standard checkbox stuff, but. It works. <laughs> it works because you have two of the most talented actors in the world performing that 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 stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, especially when I watched it again, I was like, oh, here comes that. Yeah, here comes that guaranteed Oscar scene right here. And yeah. it, even still, I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> like, like it works for for this this movie entirely. Yeah. So. You finally seen it. I'm so happy that you you did. Uh, I got to, a chance to rewatch it. I'm so happy that I did. What is your final rating for Green Book? So again, it's. I'm sorry, my memory is so. This is out of five, right? Yes. Um. So, you know, we talked about it. It's it, it accomplishes what it needs to accomplish. It doesn't accomplish more. It doesn't go above its stature. I guess you could mm-hmm. say. I don't mean this to sound like a negative review, but I maybe my looking at reviews are different. Like I think of a five-star movie as a movie that changes the face of filmmaking forever, mm. right? And those are rare. A four-star right. movie is a movie that's, oh, it's great. And maybe I haven't solid, solidified my, my feelings on it, but it's, it's great and it goes like above and beyond, even though it doesn't break any rules. I, I, I would have to put this at like a three and a half out of mm. five because, again, it, it does what it needs to do. It sets out what it needs to do. It's a good quality movie. And I, it, again, it's going to sound weird, it's a comfort movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's a movie that I would put on just to enjoy, but about racism, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, why is this a comfort movie about racism? And so that's that's a little bit weird. So again, I can see through the bullshit of what it's what it's trying to do and the obviousness, but it does the obvious stuff so well, and the acting is so good that I have I can't it can't go lower than three, but I can't put it higher than a the, I can't put it quite as a four because it doesn't go above and beyond. But for me, it's just a very, a three star, three and a half, uh, three and a half is like a, a good solid, nothing is really wrong with it per se. Right. Kind of movie, it's just a good sets, accomplishes what it sets out to do. Movie. So I, I, I agree with all of that uh, entirely. I think what nudges it up just a little bit for me is the technical aspects because mm-hmm. so much of them are done so well. Like, like yes, we have, you know, a gifted director stepping out of his normal field and 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 executing that that is awesome you got two of the most talented actors in the world you know in your movie killing it um you have a solid script i'm i'm not even mad at your script i think your script is is beautiful and touching um but it's it's the fact that your sound is so good it's the fact that your score is so good the fact that your your set design and your costume design is so good your editing is so good your cinematography is so good like there are moments from this film where i'm thinking not just about the acting and and the dialogue but i'm thinking about how it was shot and and how it was cut together and i'm like to me when you got when you get me on on not just your in front of the camera stuff 
but also in your behind the camera stuff, you you get you've done an excellent job. I agree with you that a five star movie is one of those movies that like literally changes the game, and those are incredibly rare. Um, to me, this is a solid four stars, four star movie. Um, because like you said, I could totally revisit it and it's a weird <laughs> comfort movie, but I know a lot of people who have weird comfort movies. So this one gives me comfort. <laughs> well, but, spot spotlight that won the Oscar, what in 2015, what yeah. that's about, oh my, but that's about, <laughs> should not be a comfort movie. But I just think that that movie is so well done that I would consider so that well a comfort movie. And yeah. it's just, I appreciate the writing in it. So we're we're not that far off. It's like a half star difference yeah. between the ratings. It's just uh, <laughs> uh, the thing that I want to say is like I don't. There there are worse movies to pick on. This reminds oh, me yeah. of like all the controversy that Song of the South gets. And when <laughs> me and my wife finally sat down and watched, I'm like, this movie. First of all, it's not good. <laughs> and second of all, it's like why are we picking this movie to take the stance of what's wrong with like uh, Hollywood and and all that stuff? It's like there are so many different things that we can pick on instead of this. Like it's, it, it's innocuous. It's well-meaning. Yeah. It kind of maybe doesn't get hit all the points that it needs to hit, but it's, I don't know, man, like don't pick on a crowd pleaser. Let's let's, yeah. there are other fights that we can, fight. <laughs> it's too easy to pick on something like this. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, I, I, I genuinely love this movie. Like I genuinely love it. Uh, it's, it's something I could sit with and, and rewatch, you know what I'm saying? And and I don't mind the hard hitting stuff, you know. what I'm saying there's a there's a, a, totally a time and a place for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, what I'm saying I've rewatched Moonlight multiple times. I absolutely adore that movie. Um, I've rewatched Twelve Years a Slave at least twice. Uh, you know, what I'm saying yeah, that's a Brave. hard movie to sit through, but it's awesome. Yeah. Django Unchained is also a great movie, but I think that one, that one has the revenge porn in it, which is awesome. So that makes. <laughs> Yep. Makes sitting through that great, but like, yeah, there's there's a time and a place for those kind of stories, and then there's a time and a place for this one, and I think this works so so well. And to me, like I said, it's the technical aspects that put it over the edge because while you could argue like, hey, maybe you didn't like the chemistry, maybe you didn't uh think the strip, uh, the sorry, the script was that strong, um, but you still you still have these incredibly gorgeous shots. Yeah. Smooth editing. You got an incredible soundtrack. It's it's other things to appreciate, even if you don't appreciate the other stuff. So to me, right. I, I think when you have that, you have a fascinating film that you can enjoy. One of the things that I, I say a lot of the time is, you know, if if I'm at a movie party, right? If I'm at a movie party which, where everybody's like, bring a movie to watch, I would bring this. I would, I would totally bring Green Book, um, you know, for not just because it's an excellent, well done movie, but because it's a conversation starter. Even if the conversation is negative, it's a conversation starter. And I think that's something that you want to share with people like yeah. you watch you watch this semi with your wife. Like, I would have loved to watch this in a crowd. I didn't even get to see this in the theater when it when it first came out. But that would have been an, an incredible experience to see this with other people to get that that see how it works yeah, yeah see how it works you know and get that response and and i think i i truly think you know especially when you're voting on these they have academy screenings where they go you know um together and i think that's what put this movie over the edge is 
seeing it with other people and getting that that feeling and that experience and 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 getting that conversation that that's it definitely probably is what pushed this movie in into the best picture winner so yeah um yeah i love it <laughs> so there you have well, it thanks for making me watch it yeah no problem we're <laughs> gonna get you caught up man we're gonna get you caught up you're, you're gonna be like yeah these best picture movies man they're they're not half bad <laughs> As long as, as long as, as long as we start from like 1970 on, then yeah, <laughs> yeah that stuff before uh, I, I can't tell you. Not. <laughs> so, uh, we're gonna move on now to what's good. What's good? What's good? What's good? Good, Darren. What have you seen? What would you recommend? What do you got? Well, we just recorded an episode uh, Nostalgia Cast on Crimson Tide and we had a conversation mm-hmm. with uh, James Coddington, who's the, the Tony Scott guy. Anyway, it got me on a Tony Scott kind of kick. I, I don't give Tony Scott enough credit because no. he's just an over-the-top like stylist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Crimson Tide, we talk about how the style actually, I think that's his best because the style works for the story mm-hmm. being told. But I, we started talking about our favorite Tony Scott movies and I, I, I wanted to talk about The Last Boy Scout but I just think like as far as I'd rather watch a Shane Black movie that that he directed because he gets himself better than anybody else. But mm-hmm. still, I didn't get a chance to talk about The Last Boy Scout. So I went and I call it one of my guiltiest of all pleasure movies. So I went <laughs> back and watched The Last Boy Scout again. I do that a lot. Instead of watching new movies, I watch movies that I've seen dozens of times. Right. But again, Last Boy Scout is a great buddy comedy. We're talking about like just Green Book buddy comedy stuff. But it's got a lot of great lines. Uh, there's the obviously Damon Wayans, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is another thing since he's been in the news uh, recently mm-hmm. for his uh, dementia. And it just reminded me, number one, Tony Scott can make a good crowd pleaser, a good quality movie that you go to see with an audience. And also Bruce Willis was a movie star. Like he's right. a bona fide movie star, like a Cary Grant or a John Wayne where you went to go see him because it's Bruce Willis. And so, yeah, again, I can, I can name off all that. My favorite part of last boy scout is when they are in a, there's Wayans and Willis are together and, and Willis looks over at Wayne is like leather pants. Wayne goes, yes. It's like, you wear those. Like, yes. What does what something like that go for? Wayne goes, $650. $650? He goes, yes. You you wear them. Yes. They're pants. Yes. They don't come with like a TV in them or something. <laughs> One of the all-time great conversations. And the movie is just full of those. So if, if anybody hasn't seen The Last Boy Scout, again, there's the lethal weapon kind of dynamic right. but it's uh that was just a fun it's always a fun movie to go back to so yeah last boy scout awesome uh and and tony scott go watch other tony scott tony right. scott man give yeah rest in peace uh incredible filmmaker yeah uh does not does not get nearly the credit that he deserves uh but it is really like you said very stylish director um and well, I think, because he makes movies that only accomplish what they set out to accomplish. accomplish. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Uh so for me, I uh finally got around to catching a documentary that I've wanted to see forever. Um I'm in a I'm in school, so uh I have a film right. class. And this was assigned to us, so I was so very happy to finally knock it off my watch list. It's been on there forever. Uh so I got around to seeing Paris is burning. Uh-huh. Which is yeah, which is a documentary set in the 1980s, follows members of the gay, black, Latino, transgender community, uh, and just 
dives into their life and lighten the life of ballroom culture. It's it's literally the film that is the reason that we have RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> today because so much of the culture was exposed to the world because of this documentary. Uh, Madonna, who you know did the song Vogue, she did it because of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you love movies like that that push uh things from that are hidden in the culture into the mainstream and makes it you know more accepting and tolerant so to me this was an excellent movie i was finally so happy to finally like knock it off my watch list beautiful beautifully uh stylized incredible incredible stylized film um so check it out paris is burning from me and last boy scout from Darren, great picks. I uh, hope you enjoy both films. So we're gonna get them out of here. Darren, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Uh, I'm just at DW Lemberg on Twitter. That's the only place you can find me. Check out Nostalgia Cast. We're having a fun time during our 90s run. Again, Phoenix, you were a part of that. We talked about Ghost. Yeah, I, check us out. We're having a great fun time talking about movies that we love. Absolutely. And you guys can find me on Twitter at I'm HO Reviews One. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Clouden. And as always, guys, Please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FilmCoPod, and we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. See ya. Peace.